Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. When is the last time that you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ? A month ago? A week ago? My Lord, I hope it's not been a year, right? As a follower of Christ, this is an essential for us is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today we'll be looking at an acronym called SHARE. Uh, It's out of a book by Pastor Lloyd Pulley called Everyday Conversation, Eternal Impact. The SHARE acronym itself is sensitive to the Spirit's leading, humbly building a bridge, arouse interest, reveal sin, and explain the plan of salvation as you share and evangelize to others. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to look at every now and then. I think it's good for us as a follower of Christ to look at the essentials. And one of those essentials is for you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray that uh, that God would put people in place for you to do that this week. I hope that you enjoy this study. And if you want the rest of the teachings on this series, you can find those at calvarydivine.org. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part teaching. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Can I tell you, and this is very important, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You need to be able to recognize your relationship with Christ. They need to know that you're, you're a follower, meaning that they see they see the love they see the action because faith is an action love is an action like they see that happening they see the boldness of you stepping out and and serving and 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 being there for others for instance the the young man in the bar broke his hand he's got two pins in his hand just had surgery he's trying to lift stuff up and i was like bro if you got to lift anything up you come get one of us and we'll do that we're loving on others that's what we do. And then I got to talk to him about his surgery. And let me tell you something. We've had conversations over the past few weeks, but it's taken time. And it starts with general conversation. Who's your neighbor? Yeah, you know where your physical neighbor is next door. But your neighbor can be somebody at the, at the, when you're shopping at HEB. And you can see they're struggling and you help them. It can be somebody, at your, your waiter or your waitress. You actually pray for them. Lord, thank you. Give them peace tonight. Because you can see the place looks like chaos. And you engage them. That's what you're doing. It's showing love. The love of Christ. They should know, just like it says here about Peter and John, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. If we were to talk to your neighbor 
if we were to talk to somebody other than somebody within your household, and they said, hey, has Mike, has Mike been with Jesus? Is there evidence there? And that's, that's really the reality of it. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I love that. It's like they continue to pray. Everything we do is, is through prayer. And then we go back to Philip. Philip, in Acts chapter 8, verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth, and, the, and beginning with Scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. I love that. He was bold, ready to share the gospel. Your mouth needs to be ready to be opened. Half the battle is saying hello. Half the battle is just saying, man, how are you doing today, bro? That's half the battle. And, and you're, just, you're just trying to be attentive to the conversation that's happening. And, and, and we need to be more engaged. What happens and what I see, which drives me crazy... Is man, we talked about it this past weekend, you know, when we talked about that 80 year lifespan, that the average 80 year lifespan, and 26 years of it, you spend sleeping. Some of us spend more than 26 years sleeping, right? But 13 years you'll spend of your life working, but 11 years you'll spend on a device. 11 years you will spend, and they said that's going to continue to trend upward because we're handing devices to kids like candy. And so whether it's a game, whether it's a, a phone, whether it's a laptop, PC, a television, we are plugged in and checked out. And think about it. When you go to restaurants, just think about this for a second. How many people do you see on the phone at the table? At a restaurant. Like you're there with each other, with company. The person you're supposed to talk to is directly in front of you. Put the phone down. Put the phone down. We'll talk about that this weekend when we talk about discipleship. That drives me crazy. You have time. Like, your, your time is limited with your kids and your wife, your spouse, with your family. I, I, man, I'm not taking you out to dinner to spend time with the phone. I'm taking, out, taking you out to dinner because I want to I be able to talk with you. I want to know what's going on with you. I want to know how you're doing. Man, my grandfather, Lord have mercy. You know, you're, you're, we would eat dinner at the dinner table. You're, you're engaging, like that's part of your, your, your opportunity to talk. How was your day? What's going on? And what do we do? We grab the food, and we're right in front of the TV. And we're not talking to nobody. Turn that stuff off at least a couple days out of the week and spend it talking with each other, engaging each other. Once we arouse interest, we, we reveal sin. And this is part of the hardest part of the conversation. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you sorrow over sin and it does not lead to repentance, it has no value. We can be sorrowful over our sin, but if it doesn't lead to repentance, it has no value. And that's what Satan's goal is altogether, is just for you to be discouraged, for you to be frustrated. That's it. And for you to go right back to it again. See, godly, godly sorrow leads to a change in the way you live and see things. It means that, that, again, we talked about that. When you recognize your sin, you confess your sin, you, you actually turn from your sin and turn to Christ. And then that, that repentance actually bears fruit. Like people can see, hey man, whatever they were dealing with is good. 
God has really moved in that person's life because they're bearing fruit. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 and 10 says this, For even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did, did regret it, for I perceived that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a little while. Now rejoice now, you were made sorry, but your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry, sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us. Uh, nothing for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. The sorrow of the world produces death. And, and repentance is not remorse. Remorse is, uh, I'm sorry I got caught. That just produces death. In Luke chapter 15, verses 16, it says, And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. You know, as we talk about the, the prodigal son, it, it, uh, he, he's saying, I am sorry I'm here in this pig pen. I'm sorry I lost my wealth. I'm sorry in this position. I'm sorry, uh, you know, I may die in this pig pen. But he's still thinking about himself. And it's not until he realizes that his father, but he came to himself. In verse 17, and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have made more, more than enough bread, but I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Like he's like, hey, he comes to himself. Like he gets to a point where he goes, you know what? Got to stop feeling sorry for myself. I've sinned. I've sinned. And the behavior that he had was very regrettable for sure but that's also what repentance is isn't it's not regret it's not playing the i i wish i hadn't done it i wish i could have done this over i could have lived this way you can't live it over but you can live the new creation in christ that you've been called to be because see that's what judas did judas was sorry and he just hung himself repentance is not reform i'm gonna stop today you know what? I'm going to start serving people today. I'm going to start going to church. That's just reform. That's all that is. Repentance is, is you know, when you look at reform, reform is works. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by the grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You can't reform yourself from, to repentance. And religion is not repentance. And that's where we're at today is we have all of this new age spiritualism and we remove Jesus and they, you know, all roads lead to heaven. And that's what, that's what the devil wants you to believe. The eunuch that Philip was talking to had just left religion in Jerusalem and he's still searching for answers. He just spent a few days in religion and he's still looking for answers. And guess what? There are many churches in America that are filled with the same mess. You have people that have, have sat in church and they really haven't repented. They haven't asked God to forgive their sins. They haven't turned from their sins. You think about Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. Now some of y'all may not know who that is. I grew up with that. and He killed himself. And, and one of the quotes that he had in Rolling Stone magazine, Chris Cornell said this. He said, So many bad things as well as good things have happened based on people blindly following religion that I kind of feel like I want to stay away uh, from any type of specific denomination or any religion, period, for, for no other reason than just that, that they were both around religious people growing up, 
and both try to fill that hole with every, with every other thing but Jesus. And religion just pushes people away. And sadly, Chris Cornell, you know, when we look at his life, it's sad because at the end of the day, what, what we do is when we look at people's life like Chris Cornell or, you know, we had Austin Carlisle here at the football field event uh, of Mice and Men, who's a, a follower of Christ now, who's with the whosoevers, and, and goes out and shares the gospel. And he'll tell you, he toured with these guys, with Soundgarden. I forget the other guy. Who's the other guy from the, um, that killed himself from that other? I forget the group's name. My kids listen to it. But at the end of the day, they toured with those guys. And they had the money. They had the drugs that they wanted. They had the women they wanted. They had the houses they wanted. And there was a hole that could not be filled. It can only be filled with Jesus. Religion can't fill that hole either. It's relationship. That's why we were so adamant about you understanding. Like the stuff that's going on in here, God wants to help you with that stuff. That's why he says, I want all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. I'm going to make you a new creation in Christ. They won't even recognize you again. They're going to be like, who is that guy? And we want to see repentance that actually turns towards Jesus. Because repentance that comes from Christ actually is giving life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, it says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. Your sorrow led to repentance. Pastor Chuck Smith said this, Sorrow alone accomplishes nothing. Peter was sorry he, was, he denied Christ, but he repented. Judas was sorry he betrayed Jesus, but instead of repenting, he went and killed himself. So when we repent, we're repenting of the, there are consequences of sin and understanding like that our sin impacts others. You know, Jesus said, and this is something for our country today, you know, when, when he, he tells us in Luke chapter 7, verses 13, remember Lot's wife. We're living in Sodom and Gomorrah right now. And there'll come a day when, when fire is going to come down on this nation, if it's not already happening as we speak. Judgment will come if we don't turn back to Christ. We're allowing things in our schools, in our culture that, that are impacting our kids that, that were worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. And Jesus said, remember Lot's wife, because he was like, look, Lot's wife lingered back and longed for the world, for Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's telling you, don't be longing for that. He tells you in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus said to him, No one puts his hands to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. He's like, look, just put your hands to the plow and you focus on me. And you leave that mess behind you. And so many of us are, are, are longing and looking back at our old lifestyle. Like there's some, you know, romance with that. And you need to let that go. And you need to stop crawfishing. What does crawfish do? It goes backwards. You're backsliding. You need to cut that stuff out. Put your hands to the plow. Follow me. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You love your Lord God. It's not Mike's God. It's your God. You have to make that your God. Let me tell you something. You need to, as a follower of Christ, repentance would be something you do daily. 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 Because we're all sinners. 
We're forgiven our past, our present, our future sins forgiven, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't want us dealing with our sins still. How many people you know that go up and just say the prayer? Well, I'm saved. And you look at their life and you go, there's no change in your life at all. Matter of fact, you've gotten worse. Very important. He said to follow me and do what? Die to self. Pick up your what? Your cross. And you follow me. And there should be fruit from your repentance. You should look different. Now, for some people, it's very small changes that happen over time. And some people, it's like a weed just coming up. It just sprouts. I can tell you, I, I didn't come to faith till late in life. I was 39 years old. And so for me, I know everything the world can offer. And it's nothing that I want. I don't want to go back to that no more. I want, it, I want that new creation in Christ. I want to continue being that. I want to keep my hands to the plow and just keep going. And not long back like Lot's wife. And one of the things we have to be very careful with, there's this great verse and um, when it talks about the son of Reuben in 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1, the son of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn because he defiled his father's couch. His birthright was given to the sons of Joseph and the son of Israel so that he could not be enrolled as the oldest son. Now that doesn't sound like much, but when you go down to verse 4, when they described his character, they described his character as being, the word in the Hebrew is unstable as water. Is that you? Is that your character? Are you unstable as water? Our faith should not be unstable as water. Then finally, we see that he explains the plan of salvation. Very simple steps. You share the gospel, and you can follow these four simple steps. You tell them about God's plan. That, you, you, that God loves you and wants, wants you to experience peace and to have a life that he offers. And that's an abundant life. And he tells you in the verse we all know very well, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You share the problem. You, you talk about the separation from God. What causes us to be separate from God is our sin. We were born with it. And if you, any of y'all have nieces, nephews, if you have sons or daughters, you know sin exists because you know, who taught them to lie? They do that on their own when they're little. And you're like, where did you get that from? Because you're born with that sin nature from Adam and Eve. You're born into a fallen world. And there was a purpose and a reason that Jesus Christ came. So that way we could be actually, we were separated from God. And you're either an enemy of the world or you're for God. And, and, and the reality of it is, is like we have an opportunity to have our, our, our sin paid for and to be in relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because he died for the sins of this world. And we talk about God's remedy and that's where we go to the cross. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, He himself bore our sins. And his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And then finally is our response. You ask them if they want to receive Christ. If they want to have, uh, to, to have Christ take residence in their heart. In John chapter 1 verse 12 it says, But as many as received him to them, he gave them the right to become children of God and that's what he gives us the opportunity to be as children of God 
Remember we talked about it this past weekend about the Abba Father. He wants that connection. And some of us, when I think about that, and I didn't think about that this past weekend, some of us, when we think about our earthly fathers, we cringe because of our earthly fathers. But that's not God. You're talking about a a God that's perfect, a God that's loving, a God that's all-knowing, that wants to be your father, your Abba Father. Not, not this earthly, earthly father that we had here. Some of us have had really bad. I've had, man, I had. My dad's a really good man now. He wasn't when I was growing up. He was an alcoholic. And he was a violent alcoholic. And then my mom decided to marry a, when she, my mom and dad divorced, decided to marry a drug addict who was a violent drug addict. And so I was running out the house at 17 as quickly as I could, right into the army. And, and so... You know, the reality of it is I have an Abba Father who's perfect. My dad, God bless him, he knows Jesus Christ now. He's, man, my grand, my, his grandkids don't know that man at all. When we talk about a new creation, that's my pops. Like, they don't even know. Like, when I talk about my dad, that side, they're like, nah, not Grandpa Petit. But that's what God does. That's what God does, and that's the beauty of it. So real quick, and we'll close out here. Sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Humbly build a bridge, arouse interest, reveal sin, explain the plan of salvation. That's what we do. Okay? If you, if you want, that's what these little books are. It actually is the gospel. And you go, I don't feel comfortable. I, I get nervous. I get, well, guess what? You can leave these around. I've seen people do the rock ministry. Everybody, anybody ever seen the rock ministry? They don't throw rocks at you, but they, they paint the rocks, and there's usually a scripture on it. They leave it with a bunch of rocks, and you find it. And then, But I always told, I, I think me and Wayne can go do the sand ministry. We'll go to the beach and just write sand, write the scripture in the sand, and we'll do that every day. And, and the shore will wash it up, and we get to do it all over the next day. <laughs> so, but, you know, be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Humbly build a bridge, arouse interest, reveal sin, and explain the plan of salvation. Uh, Everyday Eternal Conversations is the name of the book by Lloyd Pulley. You know, becoming a Christian is not merely believing in some creed or, or just doing a religious activity at church. It's actually asking Christ himself to take residence in your life and heart. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. If you'd like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, simply pray this prayer after me and mean it in your heart. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I turn from my sins and open the door of my life and heart to you. I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior and ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we would like to welcome you to the family of God. Uh, The next step, what would that be? Uh, my suggestion is always for a new believer is that they need to be in the Word of God. They need to spend time in God's Word daily. Uh, I would, if you have an iPhone or an Android phone, there are wonderful Bible apps that are free. But if you need a physical Bible, we will do everything we can to get you one. 
mailed out. So you can go to our website and go to the contact information and we will get one to you. Uh, the other step that would need to happen is you need to get plugged into a church. Uh, one that teaches the whole counsel of God, meaning that it teaches everything from Genesis to Revelation, preferably verse by verse. The other thing is there's a lot of great pastors and, and teachers of the Word of God in our area, a lot of great churches in our area. So I would tell you, get plugged into one. We would love for you to come visit us at Calvary Chapel Divine. Uh, you can go to our website, get more information about the church, more information about us at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station it's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you and I would say um, make that donation to them I hope that you have a wonderful wonderful day God bless you remember you can find us at calvarydivine.org calvarydivine.org God bless you